Hello there, boxing fans around the world. Welcome to another episode of the Olympics featuring Christian from the Friday Night Panel on Talk and Fight. Uh, we had a great episode yesterday with Jennifer Huggins, and we wish her well and hope she'll come back. But today, what are we talking about, Christian? Well, in the uh, in the follow-up to the interview that we had with uh, Jennifer yesterday, I really, and for those of you who missed it, Jennifer is a three-star AIBA uh, referee and judge. I thought I had a couple of questions from, from some friends of mine just privately outside of this asking about the actual scoring system because we didn't actually delve too deep into how scoring works within refing there uh, for amateur sport for boxing. So I wanted to do a quick little refresher for you today on how the actual tournaments are going to be scored at the Olympics. And uh, then we'll look into uh, one of today's headlines as well coming out of Japan. But boxers at the Olympic qualifying events, as well as the actual during the actual Olympic Games themselves, are going to be judged on punch quality, tactical superiority, and of course, sticking to the rules. And while judges themselves are going to have limited time to submit those scores. So boxing scoring at the Tokyo 2020 Olympics will make use of both human uh, human judges as well as technology. Now they say that's to ensure a certain level of impartiality. In the bout itself, men and women will both compete over three rounds of three minutes each. Now this, this much we know. Uh, contests are decided by knockout, stoppage within the distance by the referee, disqualification, or on points based on the verdict of the five judges ringside. Five judges score the fighter's ringside on the number of quality blows landed in the target area, technical and tactical superiority, and take into account any point deductions for infringing on the rules. That's it. Okay, so this is in contrast to prize fighting, where points can be a bit more subjective, uh, where, you know, we can see points awarded for extra hard punching, for knocking your opponent to the mat, for staggering your opponent, and as well as ring generalmanship, which, uh, if you're unfamiliar with the term, is basically a fancy way of saying who controlled the pace of the bout or who controlled the pace of that particular round. We don't see those things in amateur sport. So judges award 10 points to whoever they believe won each round while the loser is scored uh, receiving between seven and nine points each round. So this is where Jennifer's point from yesterday comes into play. And for anyone who missed yesterday's amateur boxing segment, please go back and watch. You'll not only learn a few things, but you also find out how you can get involved in an excellent boxing-based charity that supports cancer research. So yesterday, Jen had mentioned in response to my question regarding what rule, if any, would you like to see changed in amateur boxing? Her response, and I'm going to paraphrase here because her response was both both longer and more lucid than what I'm going to get into right now, was that she wanted to see more accountability from the ringside judges. Her rule change would see judges required to submit in writing the reason why they're awarding the results that they submit. So the reason for this rule change would actually uh, that would be needed would actually be twofold here. Uh, one, first to require the judges to show their work, so to speak. And secondly, to allow those judges the time required to show their work. Because under the current system, scores must be submitted submitted within 15 seconds of the end of the round, you know, which hardly leaves them both time to, you know, ex to, to both score and explain your reasoning at the end of each round. So after the final, so after the final round, so after the end of round three, each judge has their scores combined to determine a winner. Now a computer then randomly selects three out of five of those uh, scores to decide the match result. So you know that's just a quick refresher on how this is all going to work. So even though you know you 
three out of five judges have scored it one way, two of them have scored it a completely different way. It's all going to be up to the computer in a random generated number, so to speak, as to which of those scores it takes into account. Now, we've seen this in other Olympic sports in, uh, in the past where they'll have, they'll take whatever the judges' highest and lowest scores are and they'll drop them off and only work with the middle scores. Now, we've seen that in things like figure skating in the past. Um, and not that that hasn't had its controversies as well, specifically with, I believe it was the French judges a few years ago. Jennifer could probably tell us more about that as well as she was an avid figure skater for many years. I digress. That's just a little bit of a, uh, just a refresher for our viewers as to what goes on ringside when they're actually scoring these, uh, these bouts. Looking now uh, back to our, you know, a bit more of our normal bread and butter here, looking to Olympic news coming out of Japan where Sadly, and as usual, COVID is back in the headlines. Japanese uh, Prime Minister Yoshida Suga said, uh, says that the Olympic torch relay scheduled for the city of Osaka has been canceled amid a resurgence of COVID-19 cases in that city. So earlier Thursday, I guess it would have been middle of the night for us, but Thursday morning in, uh, in Japan, Osaka Governor Hirofumi, Hirofumi Yoshimura had called for the Olympic torch event to be canceled. So the move comes after emergency measures, including uh, things like the shortening of business hours, asking people to work from home, as well as refrain from activities like karaoke specifically, uh, were imposed earlier on the Western region of Osaga to halt the rebound in COVID-19 cases. So the infection control measures are gonna cover the prefectures of Osaka, Hyogo and Miyagi. And they're going to last from April 5th through May 5th, said the, and this is according to uh, uh, economy, min economy Minister uh, Yasutoshi Nishimura. Yasutoshi Nishimura. Again, I always apologize for these names. Feel free to have a go at me in the comments, anyone who actually speaks and can pronounce Japanese. Um, now, uh, uh, Nishimura also uh, heads the nation's COVID-19 response as the economy minister. So Osaka Prefecture has reported 599 new cases on Wednesday, and that's close to the record of 654, which they set back in early January. And that was when the nation was in the grip of its third wave of the pandemic. Tokyo, on the other hand, uh, only reported 475 new infections, uh, which is still the most since February 10th. But when you look at the relative size of Tokyo versus Osaka, it's still actually really good news uh, when we see uh, the infection rates on such a large area being considerably smaller. So we'll have to put that maybe not in the wind column, but close to it. We'll sit it next to it. Uh, so the new measures are based on revised infection control law and uh, are going to be able to be applied to a narrower area than a full state of emergency, which uh, Suga had declared for most of the country in early January. So the torch relay for the Tokyo Olympics was scheduled to go through Osaka Prefecture uh, from the 13th and 14th of April. The relay began last week in uh, Fukushima and is being seen as the first major test of the games when it comes to handling large-scale events while implementing stringent health protocols. Tokyo Olympic organizers are requiring roadside spectators to wear masks, practice social distancing, and no cheering. Stick to clapping those hands and stamping those feet is what they're telling people. Uh, and obviously this is, you know, karaoke and cheering are another way we're spreading this virus. So we're trying to keep those to a minimum. Uh, you know, although I will admit that Japan is probably the only country in the world where they have to specifically spell out no karaoke. I think that would go without saying in a lot of places. 
there have been no reports so far of infections, though. And also, with good news, there have been no reports of infections that are directly or any rise in infection rates, I should say, that have been directly related to this relay so far. So, I mean, that, that one we can put in the win column. Nagano Prefecture, which is where the torch is currently, barred spectators from part of that relay uh, both Wednesday and today in a, move to, in a move to help prevent large groups from gathering after its capital city raised its COVID-19 alert response following recent rise in infections in Nagano. So no spectators will be present when the last relay runner of the day brings the torch uh, in, in, and lights the Olympic cauldron in Nagano City Prefecture. So Nagano, obviously, we know uh, held the Winter Olympics a few years back, and uh, there's still an Olympic cauldron there, and that will be relit during this Olympi Olympiad as well. And actually, probably by the time we're talking right now, it really has been lit in Nagano, unfortunately, without fanfare. Although Japan has been affected by the pandemic less severely than the United States and Europe, its vaccination campaign is off to a slow start, while some prefectures are now seeing an uptick in new infections. So whether we're going to see more cancellations as the torch makes its way farther you know, through Japan, whether we're going to see a reduced number of runners or if it's just going to be spectators or uh, whether what they plan to do at this point, I'm not entirely sure. Now, obviously, they can't. They're not just going to snuff the torch out and relight it somewhere else in a couple of days' time. This torch stays lit, as we know, for the entire relay. So, since they're no longer going through Osaka, I, they haven't announced yet whether they're just simply rerouting the relay around Osaka, or if they're just doing so quietly uh, without letting people know where they are to avoid having fans show up. Hard to say, but that is the news out of Japan today. Unfortunately, a little bit more uh, sad news on the COVID front. But uh, no major venue changes, no major personnel changes. Nobody's put their foot in their mouth this week in Japan or in the Tokyo Organizing Committee. So we don't have any major announcements today. Uh, just go back, check out yesterday's uh, topic uh, just so you can get a better view of uh, what's going on with Jennifer Huggins. Check out the fight to end cancer. And uh, we'll hopefully we get some more positive stories like that and less COVID stories uh, as we move forward. Thanks very much, Christian. That was a really good update on uh, not only what uh, Jennifer was mentioning yesterday about her recommendation and or off the top of her head proposal to uh, make a change to the uh, judging system at the amateur level. Uh, but I got a feeling she's been thinking about that one for a while. I got a feeling she's been thinking about this one for a while because she had that she had that preloaded and we hadn't told her beforehand that that would be a question we would be posing to her. So right. she, she's definitely put some thought into that. And I thought it was great to hear a perspective from outside the ring. You know, a learned perspective from outside the ring, I should say. We, we hear our own perspectives from outside the ring all day long. But uh, from someone who we're actually usually hurling abuse at on the refereeing and judging side, she made a really good point, I think, about, uh, you know, show your work. So we don't end up in these situations where people are calling, uh, you know, the, the integrity of the judges into question. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she made an excellent point. Um, and I'm glad you clarified uh, a little bit today about uh, how that point system is, in fact, accrued. Um, well, the question that had been asked of me was, why do we never see, you know, this this card was scored seven to three? Why does no one ever get a two? You know, someone who you just absolutely wouldn't land a single shot during that round. How are you still scoring them a seven? Where did they get those seven points? Because some people don't just don't realize that in amateur boxing, the lowest score you can get is that seven, right? Mm -hmm. So just, that was the question. Why do I never see, you know, a 10-3 or a 7-3? Mm -hmm. Right on. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks very much. And uh, thank you. Good listenership, good viewership out there for uh, tuning in today. Remember to like, share, subscribe our channel and hit that notification bell. All right, Christian, we'll see you tomorrow. We will chat a couple of times tomorrow. Oh, yes, it's Friday. Wow. Okay, Tomorrow great. is Friday. <laughs> see you tomorrow.